This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to God, Goals, and Girl Talk, where we discuss living in the culture while living for the kingdom. Join in as we discuss how God's word applies to our lives in relationships, careers, and fulfilling our purpose. Girl, let's talk. Here's your host, Sharla Walker. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. I pray that all of you had a great week. As always, I'm very excited to be here before you guys again to continue our series about living in purpose on purpose. And so today I'm super excited because I'm going to be sharing one of my favorite stories in the Bible, which is the parable of the three servants. And I'm not going to be before y'all long this week, but I really want you to have the groundwork about living intentionally in the purpose that God has called you to. So last week we discussed the importance of staying in your lane and running your own race. Okay, we ain't out here trying to get disqualified in these streets. Okay, okay. So it is important to remember that you have to remove the weights. So we talked about that everything that is a weight may not necessarily be a sin. You know, fixing your focus on Jesus and then running your race with endurance um, when you live intentionally. And this week we are going to be dealing with something that I feel like we all struggle with. And that is getting started. Feeling like you don't have enough to get started. You don't know what to do. Um, and just feeling like, you know, you are not prepared. And so this week, we are going to be talking about having a return on our investment to God. And I love, love, love the parable of the three servants that's told by Jesus in Matthew 25, 14 through 28. Now look, I'm gonna read this whole story. So prepare yourselves. Okay. I may stumble, but I will not fall because God is good. Okay. So I'm reading from the new living translation of the Bible. Y'all know, I love to tell y'all it's in red. What does it mean if it's in red? Jesus said it. Okay. So Jesus is telling this parable of the three servants in Matthew 25. And I'm starting in verse 14. And it says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. 
He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in portion to their abilities. Then he then left on his trip. Here's a side note. So some translations say talents, and this translation says silver, but just know that God gives us all things in proportion to our abilities. So he gave um, one servant five, the other servant two, and the last servant one, okay? And I'm picking up in verse 16. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I've earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. He then ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who will, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, he said, take that man, that one bag, give it to the person with the 10. <laughs> okay, because he knows what to do with the things that he's given. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. So let's get into talking about having a return on investment. Hey guys, hope you are enjoying the show. Look, take a minute to go ahead, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode, and leave a review. We love to get feedback from our listeners, and doing this will help us get advertisers that are relevant to our audience. So if you have been blessed by God Goals and Girl Talk, if this is your favorite time of the week, is to spend it with me. First of all, God bless you, sis. I love you. But take some time to go ahead and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode or a bonus episode, and make sure that you leave a review. Now let's get back to the show. Hey. 
Hey guys, it's your girl, Sharla Walker, the host of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. I am here to talk to you today about starting your own podcast. If you want to start your own podcast, I'm going to share my podcasting secrets with you. I use a program called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. First off, it is free 99, costs you no money at all. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more platforms. You can make money with your podcast, getting your coins with no minimum listenership. It is everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you are wanting to do something new in 2020, you want your voice to be heard, you want to start a podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Now let's get back to the show. So honestly, there is so much to unpack in this parable Right. Like the first thing that I absolutely love is that, you know, God is representative of this master. Like that's who he is. He's gone, but he is coming back and he is expecting us to have a return on investment of the things that he has deposited in us. Right. Notice that he gave five talents, two talents, one talent. And the Bible says that they were distributed Um, in proportion to the servant's abilities. And so the first thing that we have to know if we're going to provide God with a return on the investment is that we have everything that we need already, right? So a lot of times we can get hung up with, you know, not feeling like you're prepared enough, not feeling like um, you know what to do or you are trying to run in somebody else's lane. So you out here taking 50 million classes, but the purpose that God has given you, you have not cultivated that thing. You've buried it in the ground because you don't want to deal with it. And God is not getting a return on the investment, right? So don't feel like you have to be good at all the things. If you're good at five things, God bless you. That is amazing. I could think of five things I'm moderately good at, <laughs> right? If you're good at two things, great, sis. God is giving you those two things. You better walk in it. If he only gave you the one, you better do it to the best of your ability. And it does not mean that God loves you less or anything like that, but he's not going to give you more of a portion um, than you are able to Um, produce a return on investment on, okay? So it has nothing to do with, oh, well, this person has pretty hair, so you get five. No, he's just like, can you handle this? Okay, you can handle five, you can handle two, and you can handle one. And it's so great because God knows us personally, and so he's not going to give you more talent than you can return an investment on, right? He's not going to allow you more of a portion than you can return an investment on. But that also means that when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel shooketh in your spirit, that you already have everything you need to get started, right? It doesn't talk about what the man with the two and the five talents did per se to um, to produce this fruit, to, pr- to produce this return on investment. But the Bible does say that they invested it. Where are you investing your time? Where are you investing your energy? Where are you investing um, in yourself? Are you investing in yourself? Are you investing more in clothes and shoes than you are in investing and in cultivating your talents, right? So it really is important that we sit down 
and we look at what things has God called us to do? What things can you do well? And really explore that. So let's talk about what that kind of looks like practically, right? I'm a whole entire nurse practitioner, right? I'm a nurse, nurse practitioner. Health is my thing. And when you look at that part of my life, there are many things that I can do with that. And so I want you to maximize what you already have. I have a nursing degree. I can, and I have taught, right? So I've taught um, at a school, I've done adjunct, I've been an adjunct nursing instructor, right? And that has allowed me to pour into and live in my purpose. And in a way, I've, I have preached the word of Jesus to some of my students. It's so, it's not that you have to have this big elaborate plan, this big elaborate business, but are you serving in your purpose where God has called you to? Are you producing a return on investment in the area in the lane that he's called you to? So I have a nursing degree, so I've taught um, nursing students. I used to tutor, right? So that was a business that I had where I would tutor nursing students and get them ready for their NCLEX. I did that for a couple of years, um, which is their nursing boards. Um, you can teach CPR classes, right? So I'm fully capable of teaching CPR classes, um, providing education. I had a health platform called Your Health is Lit where I was educating uh, myself and my friend Donna. We She has her master's in public health. I am a nurse and a nurse practitioner and we saw lots of people dying out here in these streets and we were like, you know what? We're gonna use the education that we have, the influence that we have, the purpose that we have to educate people um, in our communities about taking care of themselves and their health. It was amazing. We had to put it on pause because we are both in school doing all the things. But we were able to even bring that back and answer some questions about COVID. We did a COVID series and it just is amazing that we have this opportunity again because the Bible tells us that people die from lack of knowledge and that is so true in healthcare that I'm able to serve in that way, right? So this is one talent, right? Me being a nurse, one one talent, one area, but I'm already, I'm touching many lives, right? So not just when I go to work, my nine, my nine to five, it's really eight to five. It's really eight to every hour of your life because there's meetings and stuff, but whatever. Um, but I go and I work my day job and then I'm able to teach. Then I'm able to do CPR classes. Then I'm able to, um, you know, start a health platform and provide education. I'm going to start a nurse, um, a, a nursing program, not like school, but like breastfeeding nursing program to help moms um, in the African-American community who are not breastfeeding as much, that don't have the, you know, the education and the support, I'm able to now use the same talent and the same passion to be able to serve them. I was able to serve in my church recently where I did school physicals, right? So all of these things are um, a return on the investment that God has given me. Or I could just say, oh, I'm just a nurse. <laughs> right? I've heard that and it, it drives me nuts when I hear new nurses say that or students say that because you have everything that you need. You are an expert, right? If you are a mom and you're a stay-at-home mom and you are good at organizing, you're good at administrative tasks, use those. Raise them kids up. That's God's return on investment. Raise them kids up. Let them know. Have Bible study in your homes. If you see that there are other um, moms that may need support, 
be the answer to that problem. That's one of the biggest things about your purpose. Like purpose usually solves a problem. It's something that God has called you to solve. It gives you the opportunity to glorify God and you already have the skill set, right? So I can be really good at organizing an administrative task. So at my church, I am able to come in and I'm like, oh, we can do this with social media. We can do this. We can do that and use that talent that God has given me to serve other people. And that is a return on investment. So it's not necessarily money, but what lives are you touching with the skill set that God is giving you? Because as you do that, right, it, the Bible tells us that you will get more, you will receive um, more responsibilities and then you'll have an abundance. So your purpose can pay off. Your purpose can be something that you are able to utilize to provide income. God is our source. He's he's never going to leave you or forsake you. But what are you what are you minimizing in your life that God is telling you to maximize? What is that one talent that you're burying and God is telling you, "No, use that, invest that. At least give me some interest, child." What is what is that area of your life? And it's so important in this story that we really look at that because a lot of times we do that right? We minimize what God has given us, which really is super ungrateful, right? All I can do is do hair. Girl, you better do hair and slay people's hair to the best of your ability. And when they come into your shop, you have, uh, you know, a word and a prayer and something for them. And you minister to them in that way. These babies going back to school, you better do their hair and pray for them on their way up out your shop. How are you using your purpose and the things that God has given you to maximize um, you know, his investment because, you know, the real purpose that we have, the great commission is for us to go out and make disciples, right? So in what way can you do that? If you're a baker, I heard one person say that they, um, they have a friend who has a bakery and she does Bible studies at her bakery on Wednesdays and on the bottom or somewhere on the, the box, um, her, all of her cakes and baked goods come with the scripture, you don't have to be overtly like out here on the street corner preaching the word of Jesus, but how are you utilizing the talents that God is giving you? And I really think that you need to look at your return on investment, where you're investing your time and your talent and your treasure, right? The Bible says that where your um, treasure is, where your heart is, your treasure goes. Something like that. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. So if your heart is only trying to, to serve money because you can't serve two masters, you got to pick a side. You either need to serve God. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve money, right? But in serving God, he's going to make sure that you are never, ever, ever without. There's a scripture that talks about like he makes sure that the ravens are fed and he loves you that much more. The ravens ain't out here begging for bread. <laughs> The flowers ain't out here begging for bread. He will send you fresh manna every day. What talent are you sitting on? What things are you not allowing God to utilize in this season? Write them down. Write down all the things you could do. Write down a purpose that you feel passionate about, a problem that you feel passionate about, and then pray and ask God, is this where you've called me to be? right? That's how I started my nonprofit organization. I work in pediatrics. I saw a problem of these girls needing just life skills and help and mentoring and really just the love of Jesus. 
And I was like, all right, God, I'm here for it. I know nothing about starting a nonprofit organization, but he's learned, he's teaching me. All you have to do is have the heart to be obedient and go. You want God to come back and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I am not out here trying to be nobody's wicked and lazy servant. I'm not, I'm not. Check God's Resume is a personal reflection journal that challenges you to build God's resume in your life. Do you often feel like signs and wonders do not occur in your life? Are you feeling like you're in an impossible season? Sis, no, it is time for you to check God's resume. His goodness and his miracles are all over your life. He has been doing this. I had such an amazing time developing this journal and God reminded me of so many times where he has kept me. And if you are looking for a great tool to improve your posture of gratitude and just to learn more about the character of God, this journal is for you. It's available on Amazon and it makes for a great gift and it's great for a Bible group study tool too. Now, I want you to get this journal. Like I said, it is phenomenal. It's over 200 pages. There's guided study. Um, you learn about the different names and character of God and you literally go through and build his resume from his personal information all the way down to his accolades and awards just like you would build your own resume it is so cool it's so fun and God just really reminded me of all of the crazy situations that I found myself in where he had his hand on my life y'all he been out here saving us, okay? Get the journal, get in a position and a posture of gratitude. I pray that it blesses you. You need to get it. Now let's get back to the show. God has given us everything that we need to get started in what he's called us to do. So similar to the servants in the parable, you know, we've all been provided that portion of resources and talents to be stewards and managers over. And a lot of times when we are looking for God to do or give us more, he's over here like, but you ain't did nothing with what I gave you already. Okay. So I also want to take a quick second to identify a few things about the servant with one talent who buried the master's treasure. His actions were definitely motivated by fear and not by freedom. He said, I was afraid. <laughs> and while it's important for us to be a good steward, I'm not out here telling you like, oh, like go start 25 businesses. No, because that's not being a good steward. But you cannot allow fear to keep you bound. Or in this case, having you bury your talent or bury yourself because you're afraid of what may happen. If God is telling you to write a book, write the book. I don't care. And I think a lot of times what happens is that we equate um, big numbers with a return on investment. Do not be tripped up by that. If you look at the, the servant with the five talents and with the two talents, they both were given different amounts, but they both multiplied. They both doubled their investment, right? So if your book blesses five people and five people come to Christ, that is a return on investment. If your book um, helps set somebody free, that is a return on investment. So don't look at it like, oh, well, you know, I wrote this book and since it's not a New York Times bestseller, it must not have been God. No, 
there are people who need that certain book that need that one thing um, that's going to be right on time and personalized for them. There is somebody, the Bible says that we're made overcomers by the word of the lamb and the blood, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Y'all cut me some slack. Um, and so it's important that you are using your testimony, sharing the lessons learned, um, and working every aspect of your life that God has called you to. My husband and I are talking about um, doing premarital counseling for people. That was something that was not available to us. We had to learn the hard way with some of the stuff in our marriage. And we want to help other people not have to suffer that same fate. And we want to be able to restore that mountain of family back to God. And that's something that I'm reading this book called The Seven Mountain Prophecy. I recommend y'all start reading it. It is fire. But there are seven areas um, that we are um, called to. There's seven areas of influence or mountains of influence that um, that they're called. And family is one of them. Um, I'm going to share the other seven with y'all, which is completely off of what I was talking planning on talking about. But I feel like God is dropping it in my spirit. So the seven um, mountains of influence are religion, family, education, government, media, arts, and business. So God is calling us to take these things back for his glory while we are here on the earth. Um, the book talks about a lot of how we are also worried about like, oh, I'm just trying not to go to hell, that we're not doing the things of God here on the earth. The Bible says on earth as it is in heaven. And so in order for us to be in full alliance with God and his word, um, we have to be trying to produce things on earth as they should be in heaven and taking back these mountains from these demonic influences. And I have not read the whole entire book, so I'm not going to sit out here and <laughs> try to give you all of these spiels. But in my study time and in my reading, I really feel like God has called me to this area of family, right? That makes sense with my nonprofit organization where I'm looking to restore relationships and build up young women so that they can be the cornerstone in their families. That makes sense with me and my husband wanting to do marriage counseling or premarital counseling for families. And then also I have another project that I'm working on in regards to um, wanting to start a health clinic where we are providing education and taking a lot of a preventative approach to healthcare. And so in all of these things, I'm like, okay, God, why are you going to be doing all this stuff? But he's looking for me to restore the health and the foundation of families. And I'm not going to take the whole mountain by myself, but the parts that he calls me to do, I'm going to do it. Do I feel like I have it all together? No. A lot of times we really, really allow the fear, like the servant with the one talent, fear, um, the spirit of perfectionism, like it all has to be perfect before I get started. Absolutely not. Things need to be orderly, but they don't have to be perfect. Um, you'll never start. And so perfectionism and then imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome is feeling like you're going to be like caught out as a fraud, right? And I have dealt with that. I've struggled with that. Um, just trying to overcome like, oh my gosh, they're going to know that um, like one day, like you're walking in this role and one day somebody's going to come and call you out and you're going to be like, oh, you got me. I'm an imposter. Um, and so not allowing the enemy to use those tactics to have you bury your talents, right? Like we are to have dominion over the things of this earth. And that is a part of your purpose. The second thing 
with the servant is that he was lazy. The Bible talks about being lazy a lot. He was lazy. The master called him a lazy and wicked servant because he didn't even have enough energy to go drop it off and deposit the money in the bank to collect interest. So some of the things that God is looking for us to do, a lot of times people think that God is looking for this grandiose approach and it really is not that. He wants you to do well with what he's given you. And then you know that you're gonna be rewarded. The servants who doubled down, he was like, let's turn up, let's celebrate. This is amazing. He didn't tell the one guy, well, he had 10 bags, so he's better than you. No, both of them produced a return on investment. Both of them um, did what God had called them to do. And so we can really learn a lot from this parable about us walking in our purpose. Do not undermine the things that God has already given you. Stop looking for more. He gave you evenly distributed, not, not even evenly distributed, but distributed in proportion to your ability. So he's not calling you to do anything that's outside of the realm of possibility for you to do because he gave you, he knows what he gave you. He knows what he put inside of you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says he knows that the, the plans that he has for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So if you really are walking in what God has called you to do, if you are really looking to live in purpose, on purpose, you really have to ask yourself, what talents am I sitting on? What things am I sitting on that I can use? Am I being lazy? Am I not being a good steward? This is the time for you to start reflecting and really get in prayer and ask God, what would you have me to do with the gifts and the talents that you've given me? You can ask questions, but don't bury that thing. You can tell God, like, I don't know what this looks like, but don't bury that thing. So this week, I just really want to challenge you to look at the areas of your life where you are not allowing God to use that talent. It may be you have the gift of administration. You may have, and there's a difference between the talent and a gift, but I think a good place to start is... Um, taking a spiritual gifts assessment. And if you've never taken a spiritual gifts assessment, I will put a link in the show notes for you to take a spiritual gifts assessment. Um, there's like the gift of administration. Some people have the gift of teaching. Some people have um, the gift of evangelism. There's, there's all these different spiritual gifts. And in finding more about those and researching more about those, I really feel like you can walk in your God-given purpose, right? It's something that solves a problem. And I keep telling people that like your purpose solves a problem. Your purpose meets a need. Your purpose is going to be something. God has called us to be pioneers. So it's going to look different. It's never going to be, had been done before. And people are going to be like, oh my gosh, like, how did you come up with that? When I started telling people that I was doing an online, um, life skills program for young adults, they were like, wow, we've never heard anything like that before. And this was pre COVID because God is an innovator. God knew that COVID was going to happen for me. And so now I've already been working on this project that he had me start at the end of last year. And he knew that COVID was coming around the corner and there was going to be a need for this program to be built virtually. There was no other way for me to do it besides that. And so instead of me starting to build this um, brick and mortar program where I'm out and about, it's taken me a little bit longer to get it launched, but it's virtual and I'm already meeting a need in a season that's appropriate because God knew before I did. Does that make sense? Okay. So take this week, you guys, to sit down, 
really explore your talents, take the spiritual gifts test, get the seven mountain prophecy book, start reading it. I am taking a couple days off um, and I cannot wait to just chill on my back <laughs> in my backyard and read my book because I have not been able to do it um, as much just because I'm wrapping up the semester of school, but I really, really am excited about the things that God is calling us to do in this season. And, but I really think that we need to stop being afraid, stop looking at worldly success and start asking God, what would you have me to do? Our level of success is hearing, well done, my good and faithful servant. That really, really is the plug. Like that's what's good is to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I am not trying to be um, cast, what do you say, cast into the end of the darkness? I don't know. I don't want to know what that is. It sounds like hell. It probably is. So I'm not trying to be there, right? So the, you know, salvation is free. God gives us a lot of things free. Our salvation is free. Um, his forgiveness came at a cost that Jesus paid. So it's, but it's free to us. But then, you know, we are not saved by our works, but God expects, expects us to produce fruit. We should produce fruit because we look like him. We are doing his work in the earth. And so I really want you to take this week to evaluate what areas, what gifts, what talents you have, write them down and then figure out some like, and then line up like, what problems do you see in the world that you feel like God may be calling you to? Be prayerful about them and then get to work making that return on your investment. I love y'all. Have a great, great week. And I will talk to y'all next week. Thank you for joining us for another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. Email your questions to godgoalsandgirltalk at gmail.com to have them answered on the show or have a topic you'd like to hear discussed. Looking for a community of women who love God and live for the kingdom? Join our community, Hearts Over Habits, on Facebook. Like us on Instagram and check out our monthly God, Goals, and Girl Talk online events on Eventbrite. Remember, above all else, guard your heart. We'll see you next week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.